0: Thanks to Funder, we were able to keep 30,000 people alive through the winter with it. their only source of food and heat was the Vulnerable People Project. And these were Christians and other minorities that were extremely vulnerable. If Biden would have said in early July that it's not looking good and we need all American citizens to get out of the country now, how many lives, how many American lives would have been saved?
1: Anybody who was at the LifeSite Gala on August 17th would remember one of the stars of the show, really, was Jason Jones. Well, Jason Jones is here with us again today. And the reason why is very special. Because, do you remember, it was a year ago now that the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan, leaving allies and even U.S. citizens in lurch, unable to get out, scared for their lives, and rightfully so. And someone stepped up. His name was Jason Jones, and he did so with the help of so many of you fans of Lifesight News because we ran something called a LifeFunder for him. You know that we have this platform, this GoFundMe alternative called LifeFunder that you can get to at LifeFunder.com. Well, I think originally Jason thought it might be a little bit of a help, but you guys came through in spades. There was over half a million dollars raised. And you know what? Jason's still doing this work, and we need to help him some more. So at lifefunder.com, you can help at lifefunder.com slash extra mile. You can still help to uh, help Jason Jones in this effort. We're going to hear from him now. Stay tuned. Jason Jones, so good to be with you.
0: John Henry, great to be with you, brother.
1: What an awesome thing you did for us at the gala. There are people raving about it all over the place. But uh, before we get into all of that, let's begin as we always do, the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It was great to see you in person here. I'm seeing you yell on the screen, but uh, it, uh, boy, to finally get to embrace you after uh, a more than two and a half years of being away, it was uh, that's, that's really quite something.
0: Yeah, I was, I was excited you made it across the border. I did send John Candy and a crew to go try to stop you, but uh, somehow you evaded them. <laughs> tell us,
1: Jason, we're, we're experiencing an anniversary right now. Uh, not a good anniversary, but an anniversary of something that launched you into almost like a new life. Uh, tell us what happened and what we're remembering right now.
0: Yeah, John Henry, well, thank you for having me on, and it's a privilege to be able to talk to your folks because it was LifeSite News, Life Funder, and your donors that really stepped up that was a game changer for us. In early August of last year, uh, in this very office, my home office, you can see behind me, I was battling with COVID pneumonia, laying on my couch, and I got a phone message from a friend of mine who was actually uh, an actress, Jennifer Cadena, who's the co-founder of, of Movie to Movement with me. And she had asked if I could help rescue her friend's mother-in-law. Her friend and her husband, her friend's husband, made an anti-Taliban documentary. She's a Catholic American. He's Afghan. And they made an anti-Taliban documentary. So as they saw Afghanistan beginning to fall, and as the Taliban was getting closer and closer to Kabul, she asked if I could help rescue her friend's mother. And so I set out to try to find a path out for my friend's Friend's mom. And, but by the end of that first day in early August of last year, I had about 12 more phone calls a Marine captain, some Christian pastors, and others. And so I just tried to build out a plan, leveraging my relationships in the US government and for some, and in other large nonprofits to find seats on planes for these folks. But by the end of the first week, word had spread that I was successfully getting folks out and just me on this couch behind me. In this laptop, I'd fielded over a thousand requests from pastors, from Army Green Berets, from Marines, folks just trying to get out their interpreters or Christian leaders and their families and others. And um, it really began to uh, become what I thought was going to be a very simple project of not simple, but uh, a, a small, just a project of getting out a few friends or friends of a few friends. It it blew up into um, really what became a new full time part, you know, uh, mission for my organization. At the Vulnerable People Project, what we do traditionally, as you know, is we run influence campaigns to defend the vulnerable from genocide, um, war, defending the child in the womb. We run influence campaigns using celebrities or politicians or media, getting legislation introduced, trying to form policy. And uh, but sort of doing direct evacuations from a country that's in collapse was was new to us. But why I am so grateful to talk to your audience is somebody from your team contacted me. And honestly, I was a bit annoyed. I was they were like, hey, we're putting together a life funder for you. I didn't know what that was. And can you look at something? And I was I hadn't slept in days. I was stressed out and overwhelmed. And I felt like the last thing I needed right now was a chore. <laughs> I, had a, I had all the tasks in the world in front of me. But um, I looked at the life funder. I, they said, I said, oh, wow, this is great. And I thought, oh, this could maybe raise us a couple of thousand dollars, and this will be a nice help. But as Afghanistan continued to collapse, and I was focused on building out overland routes to get Christian leaders and their families and others out of Afghanistan as the airport became inaccessible and then eventually closed in uh, just a matter of a few weeks i didn't even look over at the life funder and it it raised over a half a million dollars and what this allowed us to do is when a lot of these large groups that got a lot of publicity we weren't seeking publicity we were being very quiet about what we were doing and we were building overland routes into all of the neighboring countries just to keep people alive and get them out as soon as possible A lot of folks we couldn't get out. A lot of pastors were captured and killed. A lot of interpreters were captured, beheaded, hung. It was very quite sorrowful. A lot of people on our list before we could evacuate them were murdered. Um, But what had happened is thanks to LifeFunder, um, we were leveraging our relationships with big organizations and with government uh, government agencies and getting our folks onto other people's planes. But what LifeFunder allowed us to do now was to really build an underground railroad. And as winter approached uh, and the railroad was sort of, um, our routes were becoming very dangerous and very expensive. We decided to cease evacuations to the winter and to begin to feed these Christian communities that were being starved out. These minority communities like the Hazara were having food directed away from them. The UN had predicted over a million deaths last winter. But thanks to Life LifeFunder, We were able to keep 30,000 people alive through the winter with it. Their only source of food and heat was the Vulnerable People Project. And these were Christians and other minorities that were extremely vulnerable. This also included American citizens that were in hiding. Um, We were able to get the last American citizens on our list out shortly before Christmas. Um, The funds to do that had also come from LifeFunder so you know we're a very small organization we have me and three other folks and so hundred percent of the funds that came in from life Funder went directly to mission we also don't use western organizations we don't ship food we we were locally sourcing our food from neighboring countries we were partnering with afghan anti-taliban tribes and communities to facilitate our evacuations and food distribution so there was no cost there so our little organization together with life Funder. Uh, we probably distributed more food than the World Food Program in Afghanistan last winter. And as far as we can see, we're really the only organization that never had our evacuation and resettlements completely stopped. If there was an SIV, and that's an Afghan who was vulnerable because they fought alongside the United States, so their special immigrant visa qualified. Um, when we had SIVs that were in imminent danger, at no point were we ever not able to evacuate them. There were months where we completely banked Corrupted our organization. You know, a lot of these big groups with lots of funds, they thought we had tens of millions of dollars because they saw the impact that we had on the ground. But it was because we're a very lean organization. All of our work in Afghanistan was facilitated by Afghan partners. And we had no fundraising costs. But all this funds was raised really by the grace of LifeSite News, LifeFunder, and, and, and your donors.
1: We're very, very proud to have helped you do what you do. But your job there is not finished yet. Tell us what you're doing now and uh, what the needs are now.
0: You know, I was thinking what our Lord told us is if someone compels you to go a mile with them, and I really love that the word is compelled. Someone compels you, not asks you, not suggests, not cajoles, compels you to go a mile with them, go an extra mile. The Vulnerable People Project felt compelled to rescue people who are made vulnerable because of they were my co-religionists they were fellow christians or because they fought shoulder to shoulder with americans in the war on terror i felt that i had no choice that, that i was that i ha- i had to do all i could to rescue them and the fact that we were compelled to serve them we thought it would be simple get them across the border and then we were done but of course to be a christian in pakistan isn't much better than being a christian in afghanistan and so we have to find permanent resettlement Uh, We have to find um, countries to permanently resettle them. So we're calling phase two this year, extra mile. We felt compelled to go one mile last year, and we're going to go the extra mile. One of the things that I personally said to every Afghan that contacted our organization, whether it be a Christian, a Hazara, or uh, an SIV who was made vulnerable for their service to the United States, I told them that that they were going to be okay, and that we would be with them until they are safe. And, I'm, and I and and I said that because that's what I learned in the Army. As an infantryman, when you come across a wounded soldier, a wounded buddy, a cohort, you put your hand on their shoulders, you comfort them, and you tell them they're going to be okay. And so that's all I could think to say. It's just, you're going to be okay. And we were telling this to people, John Henry, as, as I'm talking to them, people around them are being shot, family members have been captured and hung and we're telling them they're going to be okay. I'm glad I said that uh, because I feel like that was a contract. I'm now obligated to be with them until they are safe. And so we're not going to quit. It's very expensive to resettle one immigrant because the United States is not keeping its commitment to SIVs. So now we're working with other countries. In fact, our diplomatic liaison Uh, We're opening up an office in Rome because we found that countries in Europe have been better partners in resettling these Afghans who are made vulnerable by their service to the United States or because they're Christians than than our government has been. So we're we're moving our office from D.C. to Rome. Um, But it's $50,000 over 18 months to resettle a refugee. Um, We have hundreds of SIVs in safe houses across Afghanistan and Pakistan. That comes at a great cost. Um, And as you can imagine, it's very challenging for them and and mentally and emotionally and spiritually, it's becoming very hard for them after now a year in hiding. And then we have the brutal winter that's going to be bearing down upon us with food shortages across the globe for many reasons. And those Afghan Christians and Hazaras are are looking at um, famine. Uh, Right now, 95% of Afghanistan is in hunger. Right now, this summer, already in the summer, 50% of Afghanistan is facing severe hunger. So we're anticipating um, millions of Afghans dying this winter. And it's quite sorrowful, John Henry. One of the things that we discovered, we built this ship at sea. We discovered that not only do we have to rescue those SIVs, those Afghan uh, soldiers who fought shoulder to shoulder with our men and women in uniform, but that there are a million orphans in Afghanistan right now. So many of the the families we're supporting in Afghanistan were orphaned because the fathers and husbands, so many widows and orphans in Afghanistan right now because of the way we left Afghanistan. So many of the, the police officers and the Afghan police officers and soldiers were captured and murdered. And now their children and their wives are starving to death. And last year, as this was all unfolding, one Bible verse kept ringing in my head. Remember the friends of your father. And I just thought that these were our friends. These were the friends of our fathers. These were the friends that fought the worst terrorists in the world with us. And, um, you know, as a former infantryman, the Ranger Creed, uh, my favorite stanza is never will I leave a fallen comrade to fall into the hands of the enemy. And under no circumstances will I embarrass my country. Well, last year, Joe Biden embarrassed our country, he abandoned our, our cohorts. Uh, our allies, he abandoned them to our enemy. And now their children and their wives are starving to death.
1: What you just said is very powerful. And it wasn't um, an abandonment that was what might have been preplanned, but he swore up and down, did he not, uh, that he wouldn't do that. In fact, we're going to play a couple of those clips right now. This is Joe Biden promising to do the right thing. Mr. Mr. President, do you trust the Taliban? Mr. President, is a Taliban Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable?
0: No, it is not.
1: Your own intelligence community has assessed that the Afghan government will likely collapse. That is not true. Can you please clarify what they have told you about whether that will happen or not? That is not true. If I can just get you to comment on that, because those were promises made and obviously promises broken. But uh, what was your takeaway?
0: Well, those words got people killed, and I'm going to tell you Joe Biden was lying, because when he the first time he went on television and said we will not Afghanistan will not fall to the Taliban, the Taliban is not the North Vietnamese Army, we will not see helicopters on roofs, you know, and then within uh, six, uh, five weeks of those statements, there were helicopters on roofs, and Afghanistan collapsed. Overnight. When Biden said that the first time on July 7th, 85% of Afghanistan's districts had already fallen. It was over. I have talked to special forces soldiers who told me that in July they were already doing joint patrols with the Taliban and handing the country over. This is what I was told by special forces soldiers, active duty Green Berets. And so they knew in July the game was over. That Afghanistan was going to be handed over to the Taliban. So when Biden said that, you know, the problem is not only that we didn't get American citizens out. I mean, I'm sure there are still American citizens there in hiding. Um, There, there were, you know, between there were hundreds to thousands of U.S. citizens there. We can't ever get a real number. I heard as high as ten thousand. We had Americans on our list until Christmas, around Christmas time, the in-country, in hiding a lot of them wouldn't leave. In August, there were family members asking us to rescue their family. And their family would tell us, American citizens would tell us, Biden said Afghanistan's not going to fall. And we're like, it's falling. Within days of those calls, many of the people we lost, we can never communicate with again. For all we know, they were killed. So if Biden would have said in early July, That it's not looking good, and we need all American citizens to get out of the country now. How many lives, how many American lives would have been saved? How many SIVs would have been saved? But it's the opposite, actually. Um, Our Afghan ground director who runs our ground operations, Prince Wafa, was an American citizen who didn't get home from Afghanistan until in December. Prince Wafa had to sneak into the country to rescue his own wife because the State Department wasn't processing her visas. She couldn't even get in a meeting at the embassy. And so he wasn't gonna let his wife die. Prince Wafa snuck into the country on August 15th. He grew out his beard, snuck in the country, went to get his wife, ended up being stuck there, saw me on EWTN News Nightly, reached out to me, and then our organization was able to partner with him to facilitate his evacuation and get him back to the United States with his wife. Um, So when Biden lied, what he did is he let steam out of the kettle. So a lot of Americans and a lot of the uh, SIVs didn't recognize how important it was that they would get out of the country. And so we saw the catastrophe at the airport. So on August 26th of last year, a bomb blast went off at Abbey Gate that killed 13 Americans, 20, uh, 12 Marines, and one Navy corpsman, and also 170 Afghans killed and countless wounded. We know John Henry now about the bomb at Abbey Gate. I was really hesitant to tell this something, but I've been saying it. I was just thought it wasn't prudent for me to share this with the media. I was told on August 25th to get everyone away from the Abbey Gate. There was a terrorist attack that was imminent. And so we were able to get some folks away from that gate, including um, an interpreter with his pregnant wife and their three-year-old child, um, hours before the bomb blast went off. Well, I always wondered how our friends had this information about Abbey Gate well, now we know the CIA had told the Marines that to watch this this, this terrorist uh, said that there was this terrorist. Don't apprehend him; just observe him. And for seventy-two hours at least before the bomb went off, they had eyes on this guy. So uh, the CIA was aware of the terrorist that ended up detonating the bomb that killed thirteen Americans and one hundred and seventy Afghans. You you couldn't imagine a withdrawal from a country. There was no, more disgraceful, more thoughtless to the lives of U.S. servicemen and women, more thoughtless to the sacrifice made by countless Americans over the past 20 years, not to mention the treasure, not only the blood, but the treasure that the American people poured into that country, the, the, the trust that the Afghans placed in us. You, you cannot think of a, a more disgraceful exit than, than what happened on August 30th, of 2021. And I think it was the most shameful day in history. Of course, uh, it's better that an injustice that be done to you than you inflict an injustice on others. And 9-11, Pearl Harbor, we had an injustice inflicted on us. But the US government, the Biden administration, not only inflicted an injustice on the people of Afghanistan, all those veterans who sacrificed years of their lives and many gave the ultimate sacrifice, All of that was just spit on by the Biden administration. And then now countless Christians and friends and allies of ours are living in hiding, and many have already been killed.
1: uh, one that touches your heart and uh, one that you've seen the fulfillment of uh, with uh, with one of the families or people that you've rescued.
0: Okay. So one story is I was in my home office here in Texas and a young Afghan woman was released from a refugee camp because her pregnancy was so problematic that the doctors at the camp said, we can't help you go find help outside. And they just let this young couple into America out. And they went to Austin because they had Afghan relatives there. They showed up in Austin. And this woman had a, a very serious problem pregnancy. And, and I'm grab, I, I'm imagining she probably didn't know what she was going to do with this pregnancy. And she ended up at a pregnancy center, a pro-life counseling, pregnancy counseling center. And the director of the pregnancy center saw me either on Lifesite News or EWTN and she, she reached out to me thinking I lived in Hawaii, not knowing I lived just an hour away, saying that there was this young couple, the woman was in a problem pregnancy, she is despairing and depressed and broken and doesn't even wanna live anymore because her one-year-old child was separated from, the, the, from her and her husband when the bomb blast went off at Abbey Gate. She had been with her mother, her, her husband, and the mother was holding the baby, And when the bomb went off and the crowds got pushed in different ways, grandma and baby was shoved by the crowd in one direction. And mommy, the mom and dad were pulled into the airport by um, military police. And they were literally pulled onto the airport and uh, huddled on a, a plane to land in the United States, hoping that their grandma and baby made it as well, but didn't. So they were stuck in Kabul. By this point, they were in communication with grandma baby and grandma were hungry. This was the winter. They were starving and they were cold. They didn't have heat and they didn't have money for fuel for coal or kerosene or for food. And I was able to jump in my car, go to Austin, meet with the pregnancy center director and this beautiful young Afghan couple. And not only was the Vulnerable People Project able to pay for their housing and give them a food allowance here in the United States, Within hours of meeting the couple, we had four months of food, baby formula, uh, coal, kerosene, and uh, um, baby wipes, everything grandma would need, delivered to the door of the grandma's house. And we were able to, in the past eight weeks, after a very long, hard struggle, able to get the baby brought out of Afghanistan to the United States, on the way to the United States. So... um, this was because of LifeSite News. And what I love about this story is it's really the pro-life movement working together. You have a pro-life pregnancy center in Austin, uh, caring for the vulnerable women of Austin. And here, an Afghan refugee walks through the door. She sees me on Catholic television or LifeSite News and reaches out to me. And then together, thanks to LifeSite News, EWTN, this pregnancy center, and my organization, um, a grandma and a baby survived a brutal winter, and the baby was eventually uh, reunited with his, his family here in the United States. And to me, that is what the Catholic Apostle to me is best summarized by the Pieta, where Our Lady has the second person of the Trinity uh, resting dead across her lap, Jesus Christ. And uh, what we are to do is to be with our Lord at the cross. And the best way to do that is to serve the most vulnerable people in the world. And of course, the child in the womb is extremely vulnerable. And this young Afghan woman's child in the womb was vulnerable. Her child in Afghanistan was vulnerable. And together, these Catholic apostolates and a pro-life apostolate came together to care for them across the globe. Really, to me, is, is, is one of my favorite stories. And then another one that I'll keep it in our tribe is Sister Deirdre Byrne, who who I did not know. And she gave, but I knew her from that wonder, I didn't know her personally. She gave that wonderful opening prayer to Trump's convention last uh, 2020, where she said, I'm not only pro-life, I'm pro-eternal life. It was very powerful and very beautiful. Well, Congressman Chris Smith's office told her she had some doctors that she served with, because she's also a surgeon and retired officer in the Army. She had to get some of her former um, surgeons that she served with out of Afghanistan. There were 13 of them. And Congressman Chris Smith put her in touch with our organization, and we were able to bring them food and coal and move them to a safe house immediately. And within three weeks of first contact, we were able to evacuate them out of the country. And again, there we have Sister Byrne, Dede Burns. thanks and thanks to LifeSite News and Life LifeFunder. Uh, we were able to save these 13 doctors' lives. But there's countless stories of Christians. We rescued a girl who was her mother died and her stepfather sold her as a Taliban bride. We were able to literally snatch her from the Taliban, and to get her to safety. Um, that was a very tough mission. So many pastors, so many Christian families. We were involved in rescuing a Catholic religious order involving another country's special forces. Um, and that was that was unbelievable. But John Henry, you know, thanks to Lifesight News and Life Funder, this happened. And now we're looking at a very tough year. People for, forgot or they think it's over. Most organizations have left. And when these organizations leave, they hand to us their people and say, can you keep them alive? And so for us every month, we have more and more people piled on to our organization's area of res- responsibility, We're rescuing people, we're resettling people. But as more and more organizations close up shop, we have more and more responsibilities every month. And, and John Henry, we will be with our Afghan allies. We will be with the Christians of Afghanistan until they are safe. And if that means that this Afghan relief program is something that VPP will have to build out and do for the next 10 years, we'll do it. But we will we will remember them. We will fight for them diligently. So many of them are losing hope and they're despairing. But I just and I know they want listen to these programs I'm on and I just want them to know that we are working for them every single day. Uh, my team works all day every day to ensure their safety.
1: There are so many organizations right now that have lost the faith. They've lost their way. They're funding pro-abortion ventures. They're, they're gone woke, if you will. And your funding of those organizations has to stop. But there are actually really good organizations to fund. And Jason Jones's Vulnerable People Project is, as you can hear, doing incredible, life-saving work. Go to lifefunder.com slash extra mile and please donate generously. Jason, thank you so very much. God bless you. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this video. And to see more like this, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. So check out our links in the description to read more, sign up for our newsletter, and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all of the latest life, family, and culture news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.